Section 79 of Canada, South America, Central America, Mexico, and the West Indies. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The World Story, Volume 11. Canada, South America, Central America, Mexico, and the West Indies. Edited by Eva March Tappan. Section 79. Dom Pedro II, the Exiled Emperor. 1889, by Marie Robinson Wright. Dom Pedro held a meeting of his ministers and councillors of state. He endeavored to form a new ministry, with Saraiva at the head, but Marshal Deodoro da Fonseca objected to this, and sent the following message to the emperor. The democratic sentiment of the nation, combined with resentment at the systematic repressive measures of the government against the army and navy, and the spoliation of the rights have brought about the revolution. In the face of this situation, the presence of the imperial family is impossible. Yielding, therefore, to the exigencies of the national voice, the provisional government is compelled to request you to depart from Brazilian territory with your family within 24 hours. The government will provide, at its own expense, the proper means for transport, and will afford protection for the imperial family during their embarkation. The government will also continue the imperial dowry fixed by law until the constituted assembly decides thereon. The country expects that you will know how to imitate the example set by the first emperor of Brazil on April the 7th, 1831. Dom Pedro's answer to this communication, which was promptly sent to Fonseca on the same day, was as follows. Yielding to the imperiousness of circumstances, I have resolved to set out with my family tomorrow for Europe, leaving this country so dear to us all, and to which I have endeavored to give constant proofs of deep love during the nearly half a century in which I have discharged the office of chief of state. While thus leaving with my whole family, I shall ever retain for Brazil the most heartfelt affection and ardent good wishes for her prosperity. On the same day, the Condesa de Princess Isabel, issued the following manifesto. With a broken heart, I part from my friends, from the whole people of Brazil, and from my country, which I have so loved and still do love, toward whose happiness I have done my best to contribute, and for which I shall ever entertain the most ardent good wishes. The Conde de, husband of Isabel, wrote to the Minister of War, resigning command of the artillery, and requesting leave to go abroad, adding that he had loyally served Brazil, and that, but for the circumstances which obliged him to quit the country, he would be ready to serve it under any form of government. At two o'clock in the morning of the following day, General Deodoro sent one of his officers and a detachment of soldiers with orders to the imperial family to embark forthwith, it being deemed unadvisable to wait until daylight, lest some demonstration in the streets might lead to bloodshed. The Crown Princess Isabel, the Conde de, and their children walked to the quay, which was but a short distance from the palace, followed immediately by the Emperor and Empress in a carriage, guarded by troops. The party embarked on a steam launch, and were taken on board a man-of-war, which conveyed them to Ilha Grande, the present quarantine station about sixty miles from the capital, where they remained until the afternoon when they were transferred to the steamship Alagoas, accompanied by two lieutenants of the navy commissioned to see 
that the steamer went direct to Lisbon. The Alagoas was also convoyed, a part of the way, by the Brazilian ironclad Riachuelo. The first official notification of the revolution received abroad was sent to the Brazilian legation in London, and read as follows. Brazilian Minister, London. The government is constituted as the Republic of the United States of Brazil. The monarchy is deposed, and the imperial family have left the country. Tranquility and general satisfaction prevail. The executive power is entrusted to a provisional government, whose head is Marshal Deodoro, with myself as finance minister. The Republic respects all engagements, obligations, and contracts of the state. Rui Barbosa, finance minister. It is a remarkable fact, and without a parallel in history, that within a few days after the proclamation of the Republic, there was little to indicate, from the general appearance of things, that the empire had ever existed. The London Times, in an editorial commenting on the event, said, The Brazilian Revolution has been carried out with a sobriety, a coolness, an attention to detail, and a general finish about all the arrangements, which in all the circumstances of the case are really remarkable. The Fortnightly Review remarked, the leaders of the revolution did nothing more than peacefully enact a change upon which the heart of the country had long been set. In the carrying out of their program, the republicans showed no animosity toward the old emperor, for whom, personally, there was a general feeling of regard. Their quarrel was not with the gentle scholar who represented in his person the monarchical government, but with the system itself and the constituted authorities who had abused its powers. Dom Pedro II was a man of many good qualities, a student, and a lover of science. Agassi once said of him, Alas, Dom Pedro is a most unfortunate man, for, if he were not an emperor, he would be a scientist. An impartial biographer describes him as not a man born to rule millions. Art, engineering, classical lore, nothing came amiss to him and he talked equally well on all subjects, albeit he was inclined to push scholarship to pedantry. He was refined and courtly in manner, and scrupulously careful to avoid hurting the susceptibilities of others. He never refused to visit a school, a hospital, or institution of any kind. He was in his element in any international exhibition, equally interested in every department. He gave foreigners of culture a cordial welcome to his court, whatever might be their social position, and he never, to the day of his death, ceased to puzzle over the problem as to why every Brazilian had not tastes similar to his own. He was not without a sense of humor, as shown in his remark to the expert who was explaining the working of a big wheel in a factory exhibit in England. One thousand revolutions a minute, you say? Why, that beats South America! End of section 79. This recording is in the public domain.